0: Coming to you from stolen equipment and broadcasting from a pirated signal located somewhere in Southern California. This is the Danger Hour Podcast. Oh.
1: is back whether you like it or not i'm your fancy pants host jamesy poo and i promised you more delicious content look at me upholding my end of the bargain what have you done for me lately um
2: james do i have to remind you
1: of the thing oh forget it i'm not talking to you i know what you did talking to the listeners but james i think they'd like to know what i no 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 they don't need to know what you did that's between you and me the pickle james no no we're not talking about that speaking of gay james what what are you implying nothing i think my dog is gay
2: is that a problem james if he was would you not love him as much james
1: oh jesus will you stop being so goddamn sensitive i mean i think i speak for all parents when i say of course i hope he's not gay but if he is you know i'll roll with it oh my god james now who's being insensitive oh go fuck yourself you know i'm messing around Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't deal with these people anymore. These people. uh, Yeah, so yeah, I, I really do think he's gay. Not that there's anything wrong with it. But, uh, you know, I have a bitch, a female dog, and uh, I got this male, and dude, she was in heat. Oh, did she want it? She was being so promiscuous, right? She was like, you know, shoving her shit all up in his face. Like, come on, come on, big boy, come and get it. Hmm, <laughs> hmm. And he, uh, you know, he would kind of be like, nah, I'm not interested. But then he kind of would be sometimes. And he'd get up there and mount her. And he'd even be thrusting. You know, he'd be going through the motions. Literally. But no red rocket would emerge. That's right. That's right. He would just be going with it. Just like, all right, leave me alone now. See, I'm doing it. (laughs) But she was so feisty. She couldn't get enough. Apparently enough of nothing because he didn't do anything. Anyhow, he was a puppy. You know, he's still a puppy. He's still a puppy. I think he's going to be a year in January. So, yeah, he's still a he's still a young lad. But, uh, you know, I would imagine that most male dogs, even being youngsters, would have no problem seducing an older woman. I'm not sure if an older dog would be considered a cougar. I'll go with it. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, the only logical explanation is that he's gay. And like the rest of you parents with gay kids, uh, I got the same feelings. Great. No biological grandchildren.
2: Oh my god, James! Will you shut the fuck up? All right.
1: You know, when I'm sitting in front of this microphone, I can't help myself. I just like I just have diarrhea of the mouth that all just falls right out. No filter. Come on. Listen, don't bullshit me, everyone. You know you think horrible, horrible things all the time. All day long, you probably have these terrible thoughts. But what you do, what do you do? You keep them in your head, right? You don't say them. What are you, crazy? <laughs> so uh, this is like the way the, the, the time I get to just shit all over you guys. All these things just fall right out. Now it's your fault. You're the one listening. You knew what you signed up for. Let's go fuck yourself. Anyway, speaking of gay, I went to San Francisco recently. Oh, fuck me. All right. We've established that you're a pussy. I will keep moving on. And you may go. You're free to go anytime you'd like. Anyway, moving right along. Why did I go to San Francisco, you ask? Well, let me tell you.
2: Okay, James. Listen, I, w- I, w- I want to play along, okay? I-, I won't be a pussy, I promise.
1: Well, I'll see about that. I highly doubt it. But, uh, okay. I'll take the bait.
2: Hey, James, Um, Why'd you go to San Francisco?
1: You're getting back in my good graces. I like it. It's not going unnoticed. We went to go watch the Dodgers play. The Dodgers play the Giants. That's right. In San Francisco, Oracle Park. Oh, mama. I was excited to go on this trip. I'll tell you what. I had some uh, voucher or some, what do you call it? Credits, airline credits from a trip. We were supposed to go to see this game like two years ago. Then COVID happened and took a shit all over those plans. So I had, uh, I think those credits with Southwest and there was nothing available at the time that we wanted to go for a good price. They were crazy expensive. I'm like, all right, fuck that. Let me see if I can find something cheaper or else we're just going to drive, right? I'm not above it. So clicky, clicky, typey, typey, scrolly, scrolly. And here I go. I find some incredibly priced tickets through Frontier. That's right. I know they only have trainee pilots, but the price is right. So uh, I was able to find, get this, dude. Two tickets from my wife and I. Round trip from Ontario. So fuck LAX and all that horse shit. Ontario Airport to San Francisco. Straight shot. Round trip, like I said, $130 total. Can you believe that? Total. The catch is with Frontier is, uh, oh, here's these great ticket prices. Oh, but if you wanna bring a carry-on, that's another $40. Oh, if you wanna pick your seat, that's another like 10 to $20, whatever. So they're trying to like rack up the prices afterwards. I was like, ah, fuck that. I can bring a, uh, a personal item, just a little tiny backpack. 18 inches, and you shove all your clothes in. It's only for two days, right? No big deal. No big deal. So that's what we did. And it was fantastic. It's like I got one over on the airlines. Speaking of, let me give you a little a little tip, everybody. If you didn't know this, maybe some of you savvy assholes know it, but I think some of you don't. So let me help you now. Whenever you're searching for airline tickets, if you're doing it on your phone or on your computer, be sure to open a private tab. All right. The private tabs on the internet, they're not like, from what I understand, they're not tracking all your shit. So if you're on your normal tabs, not private, and you're searching around and stuff, it's going to be like, oh, you want to go fly over here, huh? So if, while you're searching around, like they'll just all of a sudden jack the prices up because they know that's what you want. And so, because uh, I told my sister-in-law, I'm like, hey, I got these great price tickets. You know, this day, that fucking time, blah, blah, blah. And she looked it up and it was like 50 bucks more. And I'm like, "Are you on private?" She goes, "No." I was like, "Well, there's your mistake." So there you go, everybody. Private, sir. I'm I'm actually always on private because uh, I don't like these fucking bots messing up all my shit. So uh, anyhow, stick that in your in your cap and smoke it. Is that how it goes? Uh, so we fly to Frisco early on Friday morning, and I'm gonna tell you, man, that whole plane was practically Dodger fans. It was pretty cool. Like the whole plane was wearing Dodger gear. <laughs> So anyway, we get there. We get the lift into the city. It's like, all right, now we got like two hours before we can check into our hotel. Let's go eat something. And, uh, you know, this was like a pain like because, you know, you got four people. Where do you want to eat? I don't care. Where do you want to eat? I don't don't mind. I mean, whatever you feel like. I don't know what I feel like. Maybe I want this. Uh, Oh, that sounds fine with me. Maybe not. It's like that kind of shit, right? So they, they finally agree on Ramen. Now, look, I'm not a fucking fan of ramen. I don't mind it. I'll eat it. But I'm never, ever saying, hey, we should go get ramen. That sounds good. Nope. I'm never in the mood for soup. I want to chew stuff. (laughs) When I go eat, I want to chew. I I don't want to just swallow.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God, James. Are you sure about that?
1: Oh, go fuck yourself. That was good. I like it. I like where your head's at. So anyway, we go to the spot. And it's an authentic ramen joint, right? This Japanese place. And as we're gonna about to walk in the door, it's there's a sign on the door that says, All customers must be fully vaccinated. Or <laughs> you can't come in. I'm like, whoa. Now look, I had no idea. It wound up being that the whole goddamn city has this same outlook. You can't go to any bar or restaurant in San Francisco if you're if you're not vaccinated. Now, that would have been a problem if we weren't all vaccinated. But we were. So we got a free pass. We had a golden ticket, everybody. <laughs> And uh, it's like, you know, one of the times I'm like, well, I'm glad I got that shit done. Well, and now apparently a couple days ago, they say LA is going to go down the same road. I don't know if it's already in effect, but it's coming. And the whole fucking thing is coming. Watch. You'll see. I foreseen this a while back. That's why I went through with it. And you know what? On another note, I get asked by certain people, like, why'd you do it? Why'd you go through with it? You know, this is like a hot topic. So. When I was watching that movie, The Suicide Squad, the newer one by James Gunn, the rat chick in that movie, she said something that resonated with me. I'm like, oh, I like that. And I'm going to say that that's the reason why I got the vaccine. She said, I'm going to fuck up the quote. But it's something to the effect of, oh, because the the shark, I'm not ruining anything in the movie, but like that king shark uh, creature was going to eat her. And then she's like, you can't eat your friends. You know, we're friends now and you can't eat me. And he's like, okay. And then the guy's like, "You trust it? You trust not to eat? What if it's lying?" And she replies, "If I die because I gambled on love, it will be a worthy death." Now I know that sounds cheesy as fuck when it comes to me getting the vaccine, but that's pretty much why I got it. It's like, all right, this thing could be uh, some evil fucking microchip, like everyone says, which I highly doubt. It could be some. It could be nanobots that uh, once they initiate it and they click some button we all fucking are, are now zombies that are under the control of the government <laughs> whatever the case that could be it but you know a lot of smart people a lot of scientists that I listen to on podcasts they said that it's a good idea and that we should do it so I'm like all right well I'll do it and plus you know there's a family member at the time that had some medical issues I'm like I don't want to fucking be the one responsible for giving them anything so because of that reason and because I knew I couldn't go to a restaurant in the future without the card then. That's why I did it. Look at me. I'm a man of the people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if this thing winds up killing me, I think I'll be happy dying. Look, dude, I try to do the right thing. What the fuck you want from me, okay? I tried to do the right thing for the, for the whole society by doing this shit. So uh, if I die, whatever, dude. I took a chance on love. Oh, where was I going with this whole thing? Oh, yeah, San Francisco restaurant. So we go to the restaurant, and we go in there, sit down, and right away there's like this giant fan sitting across. Not a giant fan, but, you know, the Giants, San Francisco Giants fan, this lady. They're sitting across from us, and I'm wearing my Dodger hat. You know, my my brother-in-law, Yusuf, he has his Dodger gear on, and we sit down, and she looks at me like sticks her tongue out, right, like, mm, in a playful way, and I just went like, ah, go fuck yourself. I did like a hand motion like that. And I'm like, oh, I hope she doesn't think I was being serious. And I look back and she's smiling and I smile back. And it was like this nice little moment, you know. (laughs) So anyway, uh, we get the ramen, which I'm not even too happy about being there. And of course, it's fucking blah. It's bland. You know, I got like their most famous stupid dish. And it's like, this is whack. And I wasn't even that hungry. But I did have some Japanese whiskey and some Japanese beer. So I guess it was okay. (laughs) Okay. So anyhow, we leave that. You know what? Basically, the reason I brought that up is fucking ramen, I think, is highly overrated. Am I wrong? I've never heard anyone but my wife say, I wanna, I'm wanna i in the mood for ramen. No one ever said that, ever, in the history of anything, okay? Am I wrong? Let me know. Let me know. And if you know a great ramen spot that will change my mind, let me know. Please. I don't get it. Oh, and by the way, I, I can't have, like, the milky... <laughs> The creamy version of... Maybe that's the problem. I can't have the creamy ramen because I'm lactose intolerant. So if you have a good spot that's not dairy, that has great, fantastic ramen, please
2: email me. How do they do that, James? What's the email?
1: (laughs) Thank you for asking. It's thedangerhour at yahoo.com. That's right. You can email me about anything. Anything at all. I'm the only one that reads it. I'm not going to... Sell your shit to bots, okay? For beer money, I'm not going to do that. I would never do that to you. You can uh, email me a recipe, I'll make it. Email me a movie suggestion, I'll watch it. You got a song recommendation, I'll listen to it. You got nude photos of your mother, I'll look at them. As long as they're tastefully done. (laughs) I'll still look at them.
0: The danger hour at
1: Yahoo.com. Okay, moving right along. Now after we uh, ate our fucking shitty ramen, uh, We go check into our hotel. Now, we had separate hotels, so we, they went one way. We went our own way. We're walking around the city. And I fucking love San Francisco.
2: Of course you do, James. There's so much for you to do there. So many glory holes, so little time. Am I right, James?
1: Oh, jeez. You know what? I've never done a glory hole. Does that come as a surprise to most of you? Have any of you <laughs> done a glory hole?
0: Email me at thedangerhour.io.com. James, no one's going to email you. Yeah, you're probably right.
1: But one can hope. Anyhow, we go to our room. We're checking in and the girl at the front desk, she, she's like, hi, where are you guys coming from? We're coming from L.A. Oh,
0: you're going to
1: go to the game, huh? Because I got my hat on once again. I say, yes, we are. We're going to tomorrow's game.
0: Oh, that's great. OK, well, um, so you're checking in. You're going to stay with us for two nights. OK, so OK, here's what I'm going to do.
1: I'm going to give you a free upgrade to the Bayview to soften the blow when San Francisco defeats you. <laughs> and then she starts laughing and we start laughing and we have this really great moment <laughs> anyway no but i thought that was pretty fucking classy you know look at her being classy so she gives me uh, the t- the uh room cards we walk up there and look at us having a bay view really nice she didn't have to do that we could have had the view overlooking the fucking uh the top of the building next to us but no we had a beautiful view of the bay the uh, the bridge to Oakland, that right there. We were about a mile from the stadium, which is on that side. Uh, anyhow, so right away, it's already starting off besides the shitty fucking ramen. This trip is looking up so far. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> that night we go to this uh, Irish pub and we watch the Friday night game, which ended in heartbreak. So the Dodgers fell. But uh, the good news is there was a lot of old guys playing some classic rock in the bar. And it was so loud, it was blowing out our eardrums. And we had to stick napkins in our ears.
2: <laughs>
1: so anyway, the next day, we uh, meet up. We, go to, we walk to this place called 21st Amendment Brewery. Now, we're sitting in the brewery. And the interesting thing about this brewery is that you do all your ordering from the seat. Nobody comes to talk to you. Which is kind of strange because I've never been in a place like that before. So you, uh, little, you scan the fucking QR code, and uh, you make your selections. You put your order in, boop, press the button, and next thing you know, they're bringing it out to you. Now, I wanted the uh, since we're in a brewery, I wanted the flight serving, right, where you get like five different beers. And uh, I, drove, I go to click on it, and it's not allowing me. I'm like, what the hell's a the problem? So then I call the dude over. He's, I think he was the owner. I go, hey, uh, hey there, fella. Uh, I mean, he's running his uh, his giant's gear so I'm like and I'm wearing you know we're all in our full-on dodger gear because we're walking to the game right after this so I'm expecting to be treated like shit and I go hey uh excuse me I can't order the flight it's not allowing me oh yeah well uh when it starts to get busy we disable that option and I'm thinking like well, that's fucking dumb aren't you a brewery don't you want to sell beer what the fuck is that about but I held my tongue and I go oh wow well uh, this is my first time here I kind of wanted to see what you had to offer he's like I'll tell you what I'll go unlock it real quick on the computer. You hurry up and order it. And once you sh- once you do, you give me the thumbs up and then I'll disable it again. I'm like, all right, I like it. Thank you very much. So I'm like, all right, San Francisco is treating us very well, even though we're rival enemies. So he does it, brings me the flight, and uh, we're all having a great time. And all of a sudden, my wife suddenly proclaims, oh my God, there's the I See Dead People kid. We're <laughs> like, what? And she points and we, we turn and... Wouldn't you believe it? In all his glory, Emilio Estevez, the mighty duck man himself. No, I'm just kidding. It's fucking Haley Joe Osmond from The Sixth Sense. I see dead people.
0: They're walking around like normal
1: people. They don't know they're dead. That kid. You know him from such hits as The Sixth Sense, Forrest Gump, and most recently, what I've seen him in is Future Man on Hulu. He's gotten very chubby and bearded. That's right. But he has like the same little kid face. It's fucking weird. Look him up. Haley Joel Osmond. Osmond? Osmond? Something like that. Once you put in Haley Joel, it'll pop right up. But there he is sitting with some friends. And I'm like, oh my God. And I tell my sister-in-law, I'm like, hey, take a photo with him in the background and I'll act like we're together. <laughs> but it didn't work out. But uh, And I walked by to go to the bathroom later I'm like trying to sneak a peek, but... I do not want to be like that douche. Like, hey, what's up, man? So I didn't say nothing. I gave him his space. Because the one thing I've always heard celebrities say when they're being interviewed is, you know, I'm, I'm fine with giving pictures or, you know, saying hi to people, but not while I'm with my family or not while I'm eating. It's like, I've always remembered that. Don't fuck with them while they're eating. I wouldn't like that. So uh, we didn't. But my sister-in-law was was pointing her phone at me pretending like she's taking a photo of me and she was kind of aiming it towards him and she said that he he like like looked over and then kind of moved and and blocked her phone with her with his friend's head i'm like ah oh, you got fucking busted <laughs> it's all over now <laughs> uh. so anyhow after that we just it's like a short walk to the stadium and here we go my second time at oracle park i fucking love that stadium it's beautiful fucking gorgeous fucking beautiful gorgeous and uh, it has it has a I don't know if you know about this, but it's got a beautiful view of the bay. You know that? Did you did you all know that? And uh, it's it's just lovely, just lovely. I really really enjoy it. Oh, and I almost fucking forgot. While we're sitting in that brewery, next next to me is this fella. He's a Dodger fan, and uh, he's got this old lady with him, which is his mother. And uh, he starts talking to us. And he goes, yeah. Or someone goes, uh, I think my brother-in-law goes, you go to the game? He goes, no, I'm going to do something that's on my bucket list. Oh, yeah? What's that? Yeah, me and my mom here, we're going to rent a kayak, and we're going to paddle out there to the bay and try to catch, you know, try to get a home run ball in the bay. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty, pretty cool. And wouldn't you know it, as we're walking in the stadium, like an hour or two later, we're uh, touring around because my brother and sister-in-law haven't been there. And so we're walking around there checking the place out and wouldn't you believe it? We look in the bay and who do we see? That's right, Haley Joel. I'm just kidding. We see the guy and his mom, of course. (laughs) And then uh, I scream, dude. I'm like at the top of my lungs. I go,
0: hey, bucket list.
1: And then he looks at us and he goes, woo. And he puts his paddle in here. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. What a nice surprise.
2: It's like a fucking movie. Not really, James. It's kind of lame.
1: Yeah, you're right. So anyhow, we go to get a beer. I go to buy a beer for my uh, brother-in-law and I walk up there and uh, there's this black, this colorful black woman. I, I meant colorful by personality. Don't get no ideas. And she asks what do we want and I ask for two beers and she serves it to us and they're in Giant's Cups, right? And I go, hey, uh, you have any Dodger Cups back there?
0: Uh, excuse me? Where do you think you are? Hmm? You in San Francisco, honey.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, is that about it? Oh, eh. well, the Dodgers wound up winning that game. It's pretty good, pretty fun night. I had a great time. Anyhow. So anyway, uh, oh, so my sister in law had never been to the Golden Gate Bridge. She's been in Frisco one time, and they didn't go out to the bridge. And I go, oh, you gotta go. And we're here, so we gotta do it. So I went up, uh, booking a lift to take us to the Golden Gate Bridge to check it out. And as we're driving to the bridge. It's a kind of a long drive, uh, just through, you know, it just seems like it anyway, through the city. And suddenly she goes, oh my God, gross. And I go, what, what? She's like, did you see that? I go, nope. And she tells us like, oh, there was this homeless guy. He got up and he walked to the street and he's, he has no shirt on. He pulled his pants down and like his dick and balls are hanging out and he starts to piss in the street. I'm like, oh man. She's like, oh, that image is going to be burned in my mind forever. It's like, that's fantastic. Anyhow, we uh we pull up to the bridge, and we get out, and wouldn't you know it, the Golden Gate Bridge is completely fucking blocked <laughs> in the fog. You can't see a goddamn thing. <laughs> and she's like, just my luck. And we stood there for uh, maybe like 20, 30 minutes. And at one point, I kept saying, like, just wait any minute now, <laughs> any minute, the, the fog's going to clear up, and you're going to see the bridge in all its glory. And that was semi-true. All you saw was like one fucking tower of the bridge, but what a letdown. Uh, anyhow, wrapping this thing up, we, so I, I was telling them about how I prided myself on the south trip we took this last summer. That we went to an Irish pub and then we left kind of later than I wanted to and we wound up getting to our gate to leave seven minutes before boarding right i'm i'm fucking proud of myself that that happened i'm like yeah no waiting around in a fucking airport for like an hour or two we just showed up seven minutes boarded the plane and uh so before we're leaving they're like oh do we have time to go to a restaurant like i wanted to get some clam chowder before we left i go yeah sure we got plenty of time and they're like are you sure i'm like yeah we got plenty of time don't worry about it we'll make it so we go we sit down in a restaurant everyone's eating having some drinks and all that shit and then, uh, oh, should we go now? Yeah, sure. Call, uh, and then my brother-in-law's like, well, you, you got the ride over here, so I'll get the ride back to the airport. All right, cool. He puts in the order. He's like, all right, it says like 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Fucking 25, 30 minutes later, the guy's finally coming. I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm looking at my watch. I like, go, uh-oh. So we get to the airport. And I was like, oh, we got time? Great. And uh, we go in there. We go through the whole fucking processing bullshit. My freaking wife, as soon as uh she gives her bag and puts it on that conveyor belt. This lady goes,
0: everyone make sure not to have any water in your bags. And she's like, Oh shit. I left my water in the bag. I'm like, oh.
1: so we get through and we're waiting for like the bags to come through. And the guys like stop the conveyor belt. And he's staring at the screen for a long time. Like, what is that? And he's staring for like six, seven minutes staring at the screen. And I go, yeah, that's just most likely your bag. And then, uh, the conveyor belt starts up again, and he pulls her bag out, and she's like, "Oh my god, yeah, I'm sorry, that's my water. It's on there." And then they go like, "Well, you want to drink it or dump it?" And she's like, if "You want to drink it, you got to go back out and do it all over again. Just dump it." So we get our shit. We're walking around. My brother was like, "Yeah, I want to get some uh, Alka-Seltzer. I'm not feeling too hot." I'm like, "All right." So we go to this little like uh, convenience store gift shop bullshit. He's looking around. I'm snooping through the stickers. Blah blah blah. Taking our sweet time. He gets his shit. We're walking out. And then my sister-in-law goes, I think our plane's going to leave like in 20 minutes. I go, what? Are you serious? I completely lost track of time. I look at my ticket and it says, the gate closes at 3.31. And I go, fuck. I look at my watch. It's 3.25. And we're not even close to the gate yet. (laughs) So I'm like, fuck, we got to go. So we're like, it's like home alone. We're like kind of running, but not really. But uh, we're hustling up get to our gate and we walk in I'm like oh my god I can't believe we're like minutes away from missing this fucking flight just cluelessly just like walking around like morons oh let's go to the bathroom let's go to fucking the, the gift shop and so we get on the plane it's all fucking jammed up everyone's already sitting down ready to go I feel like an asshole I'm like okay we sit down we uh get situated and then right behind us are like three or four more Dodger fans running in and then as soon as they get in they close the door I'm like holy shit that's awesome. Now I have a new record. I can't, I don't think I could beat that one. That's pretty good. I love it. No waiting around. Just like, I felt like I really maximized my trip time. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, it's kind of like, what, what should I call that? Uh, let's call it like airport roulette and <laughs> taking a chance, trying to get there as close to takeoff time as possible or as close to the, they close the gate. Yeah. Airport roulette. You want to play? It's fun. All right. Speaking of airplanes, 9-11 just happened.
2: Oh my motherfucking God, James.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Still a pretty good segue. (laughs) So this is the 20 year anniversary. Big deal. And that means that, uh, I've been out of high school for 20 years. Wow. That's how I always remember it because, uh, it was like the the summer of my senior year already graduated and, uh, I'll tell you my memory of 9-11, because I know everyone has that. Oh, I remember where I was, right? That whole thing. So I was at my grandparents' house. I don't know why I was there. I mean, I lived there. At the time, I don't think I did though, but it doesn't matter. So I'm sleeping at my grandparents' house. My dad worked a couple miles from my grandparents' house, and he worked graveyard. So after work, he came over, and uh, he comes in the room I'm sleeping in. And he's like, hey, a plane hit the World Trade Center. It's all over the news. And he walks away. And uh, he goes to watch like the, puts the TV on and I go, Oh really? And I'm like halfway. I'm like, what the fuck is the world trade center? <laughs> I had never even knew what it was. I never heard of it. So I go into the room with him and uh, my grandparents come in. My uncle's there. He, we're all like sitting on the couch, just staring at the TV, just glued to it, watching the footage of the building, you know, the smoke coming out of it. And it's like, fuck dude, man, how did this even happen? Wow. Never heard of this before. I not know. I never even knew what this fucking building was. <laughs> like a moron. And then you know, all of a sudden, a little bit later, here comes a second plane in the second tower. Like, and the first, and I just say right away, "Oh shit, this isn't an accident." And my dad goes,
0: "We're under attack."
1: And then it's like that fear, like, "Oh fuck, what is like, what does this mean exactly? What's going to happen? Are they going to hit more things? You know, are they going to hit L.A.?" Fucking any wherever <laughs> Disneyland or some shit what's happening here fucking scary uh yeah and then all that footage man oh Jesus and then you know as you're watching you're getting more footage and they keep replaying the same shit and then all of a sudden the towers fucking go down what like that was like a fucking movie you know like who's just watching the tower just straight down it's like what the shit and then all the uh the, the uh, pentagon's been hit like what is fucking happening it was just a wild I mean, you know if you're old enough. You were fucking there. Maybe. Crazy shit, man. Scary time. And, uh, you know, just like, uh, I can't imagine what it was like to actually be there in New York. How fucking terrifying it must have been. Anyhow. uh, Holy shit. I just felt uh, an earthquake while doing the show live. (laughs) It's Friday night. Almost fucking 8 o'clock p.m. I'm all alone in the house and then just everything starts rolling. I'm like, oh, no, because it's been a, it's been a while since we had a really big one. Right. And it kind of starts off a little. So and sometimes you just fucking just gets violent and it shakes really hard. So I was just like, oh, I'm waiting for that. And next to me is like this uh, <laughs> this like bookshelf bookshelf. I have uh, some Dodger bobbleheads on it and uh, other shit like other shit. I'm like, oh, no, this is I don't think this is did I screwed to the wall. I don't think I did, so I'm like prime location to be fucking crushed, (laughs) and so I just kind of, I pressed, I stopped recording, and I had my hand on this thing in case it started getting violent, and uh, it didn't, but uh, man, it could be an aftershock that can kill your old pal Danger Poo. Man, wouldn't that be something if I died on the air? Woo-hoo! Anyway, everyone's been talking about, oh, there's a big one coming, there's a big one coming, everyone's been saying that for a long time. And, you know, if you remember, if you're old enough, that Northridge quake was pretty fucking scary. Oh, another memory from when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I was uh, I was 94, I think, and I had bunk beds with my brother. And that fucking quake, it was, like, early in the morning, and it just started, and we jumped out of the bed. Oh, my God. And we stood in the, in the doorway. And, uh, yeah, that was fucking terrifying. Uh, yeah, flashbacks. Look at me having memories. Oh! Terrifying memories. And speaking of, that goes right into my segue that I was going to hit anyway. Do you remember your earliest traumatic memory? This might be a terrible question for some of you. Maybe you guys were fondled by your uncle or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I know there's some of you out there that have. Uh, if you if you weren't and you want to be, thedangerhour at yahoo.com. I'll fondle you. Uh yeah, so I was trying to think of my earliest traumatic memory. And you know what I came up with? Going to kindergarten. That's right. I went early. I was four years old when I went to kindergarten. And I remember vividly being dropped off by my mother. I didn't go to I didn't go to preschool or anything like that. So she was just <laughs> taking me here. My here's my first experience being away from home. All right. Bye. And then she, like, goes to leave me, and I freak out, and I run at her, right? And then uh, she's like, it's okay. I I think I run. she takes me to the car, and, like, I'm crying. And uh, she's like, it's okay. It's okay. You're just going to be there with your teacher, and you're going to learn, and you're going to have fun with your new friends. You're going to have fun outside, and you're going to learn, and you're going to have so much fun.
2: I'm like, but I don't want to be here. I want to go home. I don't want to be here. I want to be with you.
1: She's like, but you have to go to school. I don't want to. So she walked me, I finally calmed down. She walked me into the uh, the, the fucking classroom and she pulled a fucking fast one on me, dude. They like distracted me for a second and like the teacher was like, oh yeah, look at this, look at these toys over here, right? Then I was looking at something, whatever it was, and then I turned around and my mom was fucking gone. (laughs) She ditched me. (laughs) And then I lost my shit. I started fucking I panicked and I tried to run to the door and the teacher and the teacher's aide got in front of me and they were holding me back and I'm kicking and fucking screaming and hitting and trying to get out of there. And I think I even bit someone, the teacher or the assistant, and I was losing my fucking mind. And then I remember like they were holding me back and they're like, all right. And I think because I bit them, they turned me away, they got my chombers away from them and faced me away and when they did that I was facing the rest of the class and I just remember all these kids eyeballs fucking staring at me all huge and like mouths in a gasp and I'm like oh fuck I'm so embarrassed and scared and fucking traumatized yep I was that kid I don't know how and I don't remember how uh she remedied the situation but uh I wound up being okay, I guess. (laughs) As an adult, I've only been scarred with a handful of emotional damage. So, uh, you know, I guess it worked out. Now I have to do a podcast to feel better about myself. Uh, Whatever that means. Okay, moving right along. Oh, Christ. All right, now it's time for a segment in which I join a collection of stories. Not because they're related, but because they're all a little bit weird. Quirky. Maybe a little
0: strange.
1: That's right, this is Stranger Danger. People are strange
3: when you're a stranger.
1: Alright, thank you Jim Morrison, that was lovely. As I said, Stranger Danger is a collection of different stories. All strange in their own way, okay? So uh, let's get started. First one, takes us to the land of Brazil. That's right, this 51-year-old man. I guess he was partying with people, it doesn't say if it was day or night, but I'm assuming it's daytime. You will see why in a bit. So he's drinking it up, and then he's got to take a piss. And he decides, hey, why don't I go take a piss in the ocean, right? It's the it's the Earth's toilet. Let's dump whatever we want in the ocean. No big deal. So he walks in there to go take a piss. He gets uh, waist deep. And all of a sudden, here comes a fucking shark, man. It's either a uh, bull or a tiger shark. Those mean bastards. And it comes and takes a bite out of him. Alright, and by bite it means his fucking hand is removed from his fucking arm, dude. And it took a chunk off his leg. He comes out. Oh imagine that's how he sounds. Oh they rush him to the hospital where he's pronounced dead. He's fucking dead. What a stupid way to die. Hey, how did your uh, how did your brother, how did your friend, how'd your how'd your husband die? He was drunk and he went to go pee in the ocean and a shark. Killed him. That's it? <laughs> Completely avoidable. Uh, the, the reason I said it must have been daytime is if it was night, he just would have pissed right in the, in the open, right in the sand, right? Why do you got to go in the ocean? I mean, I, come on, man. Couldn't they like, hit a tree somewhere? That's what we do when we're camping. <sighs> what a fucking dumb way to die. I don't, I don't get it. All right, well, so he's dead. Next up, Oh, you like that death? Here's some more death. This takes us from Brazil all the way to India. Mm-hmm. India seems kind of fucked up, huh? Uh, for this reason. Uh, a lightning strike killed at least 16 people and injured many more in, uh, I can't pronounce this, Haip- Jaipur? Jaipur? In northern India. They were taking selfies in the rain on top of a watchtower at the city's 12th century Ammer fort, a popular tourist attraction. So, uh, dude, what another stupid way to die. Hey, it's raining. Let's go to the top of this tower and let's take selfies. That was a good idea. But apparently for 16 people, it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah, they're all dead. And apparently it says here, lightning strikes kill 2,000 Indians on average every year. 2,000. Now, look, I'm not from India, but I'd imagine if you are from India, you probably know this information. And if you do, why the fuck would you decide to walk or to go to the top of a tower during a lightning storm? Uh, you know what? The other thing about that I thought right away is, well, there's about a billion Indians in the world, just in India alone. So isn't it kind of fine that it's killing that many? I mean, there's a lot of them.
2: Oh my God, James, that's, that's pretty demented.
1: Well, I don't know, dude, like, let's just say you're a godlike figure, right? And you're looking down at the earth and like, well, there's a whole lot of people in, in this area right over here. I guess I'll throw a lot of lightning storms over there in that way. <laughs> Get rid of some of them, right? I mean, if you're looking down in your yard and there's a whole area of like roaches all swarming around in one spot. Be like, oh, I'm gonna throw some bricks over there, get rid of some of those, right? James, did you just compare Indians to roaches? Uh, let's just move right along. There's too many feelings in this part of the room over here, so let's just uh, <laughs> let's move right along. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this one isn't very uh, this one doesn't have any death in it, but uh, I just included it because I thought it was pretty strange. Now, I mentioned uh, Max Scherzer last episode. He just joined the Dodgers from the Washington Nationals. He's a fucking killer pitcher doing a whole lot of damage on the Dodgers. And uh, happy to have him after. uh, Oh, did I ever talk about Trevor Bauer? I think I did. That dude that roughed up that chick. And by roughed up, I meant give her two black eyes. (laughs) So the story goes that he hooked up with this chick and she's like, I like it rough. So do your worst. And he's like, all right, well, (laughs) get ready for this. He uh, fucking beat her up a bit, beat up on her uh, her vagina also. And I guess she liked it because she came back for more. And then the second time they were hanging out, he really gave it to her good this time. So much so, apparently she passed out and he just kept fucking her from behind and started punching her in the face. And uh, well, I guess t- people don't look too kindly on that. Uh, you know what? They, they, re- they released the text messages and she's like texting someone going... Yeah, so um, look at my face. And then the person's like, oh, my God, what the hell? Is this Trevor? She's like, yeah, you know, it was consensual, but uh, he just got a little too carried away. And the way she's talking didn't seem like she, w- it wasn't like she was a victim. It was like, oh, yeah, it kind of got wild, that kind of thing. You know, it wasn't like, oh, my God, look what he did to me. <laughs> he beat me up. I'm so scared. It was more like, yeah, you know, things just kind of got of hand and look what he did. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of rough. But so, I don't know. Looks like he might get away with it. And by you know that's a part poor choice of words. I just mean it looks like they might be on his side with the whole situation. But I also heard he might never be able to pitch in the MLB ever again. It's fucking bullshit, man. I mean, can a guy like rough up a chick and punch her in the face a couple times? I mean, come on. It was consensual. It's a big deal. Anyway, uh, Max Scherzer. So he's on the team now, and like I said, I was at his first game when he was pitching. And uh, what I thought was, this is why it's in the strange stranger danger. Because during his first game pitching, he's doing well. He comes back into the dugout. And the Dave Roberts, the team manager, smacks him on the ass and is like, good job. And he's in, he replies, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> and he wasn't joking, right? So I guess some of the players tell Roberts, the manager, like, hey, man, uh, he doesn't like being touched. Like when he's pitching, he's, he's like in the zone. So just don't touch him. And so he uh, he, <laughs> he confronts him a little bit later like, hey, uh, you know, did you tell me not to fucking touch you? And he goes, eh, and, uh, he his response was, yeah, and I gave you the most tempered, most respectful way I could say it because this is my job. I don't need any kind of congratulations or support because that's my job. It's like, fuck, man. The reason I, <laughs> I thought this was hilarious. But uh, the reason I put it in Stranger Danger is because it's like you just joined this team and this is like the manager of the team. And I guess you're setting your boundaries, but I just thought that was strange. Like, yeah, that's your first thing. Like, hey, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> and I don't know how I feel about people like this. Or even like uh, actors that get all super, uh, what's that word? Um, super method when they become the character. If you're going to talk to me, talk to me like I'm Abraham Lincoln, that kind of shit. I don't know how I feel about that. It's kind of like overboard, but uh, in a sense, I kind of get it. Like, hey, dude, I'm in the zone. Just leave me alone. All right. All right. So, uh, all right, next up. Oh, we, so we go from L.A. to Florida. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise, right? This is a weird one. Now, this dude looks like a crazy, strung-out Har- Harvey Keitel. <laughs> Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction. Uh, He looks like a really wild, crazy type of that guy. So, anyway, this dude, he's uh, scrolling to the Internet. He's 76 years old, by the way. He's scrolling to the Internet, and he's on Unic, some Unic Uh website looking up other dudes that want to be eunuchs and he tells this fella hey uh you know i I can get rid of your balls if you'd like and the guy's like you can well shit man let's do it this guy drives a hundred miles to meet up with this crazy fuck to his house now he's got a back room that he's uh converted into a his own private surgical room and he proceeds to uh chop this dude's fucking balls off And he's got like bowl, like just regular fucking kitchen bowls. And he's got these surgical tools, right? And he's going he's going to town on them. And he said, yeah, it's going to take about 30, 40 minutes and I'll be all done. And uh, it, it wound up being about three hours. And he fucking blew this guy. He botched it so bad that he couldn't stop the guys bleeding. And so they called 911 and I guess, and then they hung up. So it sounds like the guy's like, I'm going to call 911. And he starts calling. He's even hung up the phone. No, 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 no. I'll take care of it. But nine uh, one one kind of track uh, traced his house, because that's what they do. And then they uh, came by as a safety precaution. Here, this guy is, and uh, they they busted him. So they asked the dude, like, "Hey, uh, did you ever realize that uh, something was was maybe going wrong?" He's like, "Oh yeah, right away." He started fumbling and dropping things. I'm like, "Why would you go through with it, you dumb shit?" And uh, apparently, this guy's losing his vision, and he couldn't really see what he was doing. <laughs> and he kind of nicked something that he shouldn't have nicked, and he was having a difficult time seeing the area that he needed to uh, stitch up, so um, yeah, so he's in jail, fucking dumbass, and apparently this is like his fourth time doing this, and he did it to himself. He took off one of his balls. So fucking crazy, and I guess it was successful even though he said it was kind of didn't go too well. <laughs> and some other guy he did it to. Uh, Same kind of shit. He uh, was bleeding a lot so he drove himself to the hospital and never reported the guy. So he got away with that one. Man, a lot of weird shit going on out there, huh? Would you ever thought that there's a unique website where people want to meet up and get their balls cut off? What the fuck? Like, wh- why? You might call it strange. Oh, <laughs> All right. And uh, one last one. This comes courtesy of listener Eric. Shout out to Eric. He's not just a listener. He's a friend. Oh, this is not his first uh, contribution to the show. So I appreciate that.
2: James, where does he give you contributions to? Oh,
1: for a third time.
2: The Danger Hour and Yahoo.com. I'm just kidding, James. Nobody's going to write you.
1: All right. All right. Thanks a lot, dickhead. So uh, this one's uh, pretty unbelievable. I don't even know. It's pretty unbelievable. I don't even know how it happened. This 15-year-old boy from London, hello, governor. Uh, he decided he wanted to measure his penis, right? And he didn't do it the old-fashioned way, like we all do, with a with a tape measure. Or what's even better and more forgiving is like those uh <laughs> those like tailor measuring tapes, those like fabricy ones. Uh, that's better. And what you got to do is you gotta you gotta like. Flex it while you're measuring so it gets a little bit farther, you know? You can flex the head.
2: Oh my god, James. Eh,
1: what do you want from me? So uh I don't I don't understand this one. I don't I don't get it at all. He decided to use a USB cord and shove it into his urethra. I don't fucking know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. The other thing I don't know is how he shoved in a knotted portion of it into his urethra how the fuck does that even work it's knotted up how big is this kid's urethra i mean i'm looking at the x-ray right now and i can't believe they submitted the x-ray for everyone to see you can see the outline of the guy of the kid's dick so uh, isn't this kind of like <laughs> is this like kitty porn you can see it there it is i think that's what i see i'm not a doctor but i did go to med school Anyhow, this kid shoved the whole USB down, up inside himself. I don't, I don't get it, dude. I really don't understand how he, how he did it. So, uh, and he couldn't get it out, and he starts pissing blood. So his parents take him to the ER, and uh, I guess he tells his mom, Bob, will you go outside where I can please talk to the doctor?" And then she's like, "All
0: right, honey, I'll be right outside having a spot of tea, maybe a biscuit." So she's out there. He's like, "Doc, I've got a lover with you." I shoved a USB cable up my cock because I wanted to measure it. And the doctor's like, well, God damn it, son. Why don't you use a tape measure like we all did back in the day?
1: Oh, I didn't know. I thought this would be a, a new state-of-the-art way to do it. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I'm a fucking moron. Anyway, that's probably how this conversation went. So they had to uh, cut open his, like, where his taint is and then cut that fucking bundle of cord, pull that out, and then they, could <laughs> then they slid the whole rest of it out. But it's like, Jesus
0: Christ, dude. Like, what the fuck is going on? I go, who are these people?
1: I don't understand it. I don't understand. I am speechless. Well, that's a first chance. Ah, kiss my ass. All right, this has been Stranger Danger. Right. All right, now let's check in with our radio affiliate to get a look at the sports for the week, everybody.
2: K-G-A-Y,
0: K-G-A. And now for your K-G-A sports report, we take you live to sports expert Dan Drizzles. The Buccaneers won. They came from behind. And that was your KG sports report brought to you by Dairy Queen. Get some dairy,
2: you queen. KGay! K-Gay.
0: And now it's time for another edition of Stallone Stands Alone. Sylvester Stallone is a fine American actor. Some would even argue the greatest actor to ever grace the screen. One might wonder, what if Sylvester Stallone was cast in a movie, as opposed to the actor that was actually in the movie? Would it have been better? Today we find out the answer to that very question when we place Sylvester Stallone in Crocodile Dundee playing Paul Hogan's character of Crocodile Dundee. And here it goes. Hey, you're like, how do you like your goanna? Medium? Well done? You don't really expect me to eat that.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess it's great. Yeah, try some of these yams. Try the grubs and, and the sugar ends. Just bite the end off. They're really sweet. Black fellas love them, you know?
0: What about you? Aren't you going to have any?
1: Uh, me? Well, you can live on it, but it tastes like shit. You know?
0: Well, I for one think it's abundantly clear that Stallone brought a much deeper depth and complexity to the character of Crocodile Dundee, even though he didn't even have an Australian accent. But alas, it was not meant to be. Thank you for joining us on another edition of Stallone. Stands alone. Alright, and now it's time to start closing the show out with a little segment I like to call I Fancy That
1: It's beautiful Beautiful. Beautiful. It's wonderful Wonderful. It's I Fancy That Oh yeah, I Fancy That is a segment in which I talk about something positive for a change Something that makes me happy Something nice, good, and wonderful Something that I fancy and this week, I'm going to say I fancy those random, really delightful encounters you have with strangers. Does this ever happen to you? Of course it does. You're an upstanding, outgoing, fun individual. Um,
2: not really, James. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty to myself.
1: All right. Well, some of you out there can relate. So anyway, I was out one day. Uh-oh. <clears throat> one day. I saw a child playing with a
0: ruby the size of a tangerine. The bandit had been throwing them away. So why steal them? Well, because he thought it was a good sport because some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. So they can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world
1: burn. So one day, I'm out and about. Doesn't matter what I was doing, but I uh, I, I assure you it was something good and positive. And I ran into some black fella. Oh my God, you fuck off. It's true. He's a fella. He's black, just the facts. And uh, so he greets me, and he's like, "Hey, boss, how you doing?" I'm like, oh, "I'm pretty good, man. How about yourself?" Well, I'm still black, <laughs> which kind of shocked me for a second. I'm like, "I'm like, how the fuck do I respond to that?" And I go, "Well, uh, is that something that's supposed to change at some point?" He's like, <laughs> "He goes, yeah. Once my heart stops beating, shit, I'll turn purple or blue or whatever color." He's like, "But I won't be black no more." <laughs> and he goes, "You know what?" You're the first person that's ever asked me that question before. I was like, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah." I go, "What do people normally say?" He goes, "They don't say nothing, or they look shocked." Man, I've been saying that shit for years. It makes me laugh. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, that's uh, short and sweet, everybody. What do you want? What, do, what more do you want? Nice, uh, happy interaction. Everyone's everyone's uh, feeling good. There you go. I'm, uh, building bridges, everybody. It's all on Sam. <laughs> Stupid. And. Having random, fun interaction with strangers. I fancy that. Alright,
0: and now it's time for the darker side of life. That's right, it's time
1: for the fuck you moment. And here
0: we go.
1: Fuck you! Uh, Alright, the fuck you moment is the opposite of fancy. Ah, You fell for it. Thought I was going to end on a positive note, you fool. All right, so uh, (laughs) the fucking moment's the opposite. I get angry, of course. Complain about something negative. And uh, oh, I got a couple this time. Oh boy. So, I don't know if you guys are aware, but uh, this Megan Fox character, she was uh, back in the news recently because she wore this see-through dress. And uh, she she looked pretty good, I'll admit. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. But I have one complaint. Why do these women... Continue to get this fucking plastic surgery on their face or this Botox. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. You know, I saw another photo of her recently where she looks like she's Asian. She's pulled her eyes back so much and she's like changed the structure of her face. It's fucking bizarre, man. She was so fucking beautiful. Why do you got to ruin it? I don't know what gets in these women's heads where they feel like they don't look good and they got to change themselves. It's Courtney Cox, I'm looking at you. They start looking weird. Now, even Nicole Kidman too. Like sometimes she looks okay and sometimes she looks fucking bizarre. Just the Botox wasn't right and it just looks weird. You're looking like cat women and your face is all fucking deformed looking. Just look normal. Jesus Christ. What's going on, man? Well I gotta look at you. <laughs> I don't it, it, it's very disturbing. Did you see that friends reunion bullshit? My wife wanted to watch it. So that means I got to watch it too. And uh man, it's just disturbing looking at her. I think they all had work done. It's it's and and Aniston. It just is it's weird. Stop it. And all of you listeners out there. If you're normal civilians and you feel like I want to get a, sh- I want to get my face lifted, I want to do this. just fucking leave it alone. Just leave it alone, leave it alone. Look normal, okay? That's all I'm saying. So beautiful women that fuck your faces up, fuck you. All right, next. Uh, this is kind of related. Fashion. Do you know that uh, if you got a if you got a young daughter like myself, I got a 14 year old. You know the new style is uh, wearing these mom jeans. Do you believe that shit? The big deal right now with these young uh, high school kids is wearing these baggy fucking pants. I look horrible on them with these holes all over them. (laughs) These pants are retarded looking. They look like idiots. They all think they look cool. It is a terrible look. I fucking hate it. I hate all of it. And yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Like, what do I give a shit? I just don't like looking at it. That's all. Can I be a grumpy old fuck? Huh? Just let me be. I don't like it. <laughs> it doesn't look good. James, why are you looking at young
2: girls and what they're wearing?
1: Oh, fuck. I had a feeling you were going to turn this shit on me. No, man. You go out everywhere and and you see these dumb pants and everyone. And I just want to be like, hey, it doesn't look good. Stop it. You look like a fucking idiot. And I guess just like, you know what? I... I guess there was baggy pants when I was was a young lad. I think my wife goes,
0: it's just the 90s repeating itself.
1: You know my wife wore those big old stupid fucking raver pants in high school? I think I already mentioned that before. Poser. She never went to raves. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, you know, it's a weak one. It just bothers me. I don't like looking at it. I think it's ridiculous. So uh, mom jeans. Fuck you. All right, last one. Here's a good one. Here's what I was building up to. Do you remember the last time I mentioned uh, my fuck you was to like accommodating uh, like women nowadays kind of going overboard and I mentioned how they did the Black Widow movie they did uh, they made the character a female villain but they performed all the stunts with a male stuntman right just to like appease the women right that kind of shit so now it gets it gets worse everybody fucking Rolling Stone Magazine, I guess uh, they're not relevant. Maybe it's not even a magazine still, just a website. They need to feel like they need to be relevant. So they pulled this stupid bullshit stunt. For 17 years, they've had the top 500 songs, greatest songs of all time. And now they just updated it. And you might think, well, there's been uh, lots of songs that have come out since then till now. That's probably why. Well, okay, that's a good point. But most of these songs that they changed around are, uh, are not very current so let me give you the old list right this is I'll just give you the top 20 just check these out real quick uh so this is from like 2004 and and beyond uh top 20 so the Beatles let it be Elvis Presley Hound Dog Chuck Berry Maybelline Hendrix Purple Haze the Beatles I Want to Hold Your Hand which is shocking to me I want to hold your hand they have way better songs than that that poppy shit. I mean, it's good, but it's not. It's not top twenty. The Clash, London Calling. Eh. Bob Dylan, Blowing in the Wind. The Beatles, Yesterday. Sam Cooke, A Change Is Gonna Come.
2: I was born in the river.
1: Right. The Who, My Generation. Ray Charles. What I'd say. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. The Beatles, Hey Jude. Chuck Berry, Johnny be Good. Beach Boys, Good Vibrations. Aretha Franklin, Respect. Marvin Gaye, What's Going On.
2: What's Going On.
1: John Lennon, Imagine. Imagine there's no heaven. You know, the Rolling Stone satisfaction, mm, I guess. Bob Dylan like a Rolling Stone.
0: How does it feel?
1: Right? So that's your top 20 from uh, before. Now the updated list. Check this out. Number 20, Robin, Dancing on My Own. I was like, what the fuck is that? So I had to look it up. It's some shitty fucking song. Like it's all electronic. I don't think there's any real music- musicians on it. And it's just, just, it's like a really mediocre song. Do you know why it's on the list? I gather? Because it's a lesbian chick that sings it. Yeah. Uh, that's just pandering to the recent crowd. Like, oh, let's throw that in there. Number 19, Lenin's Imagine. Okay. 18, Prince and the Revolution, Purple Rain. That's a good song. Uh, eh, fine. Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, Sure. That's a new one. That's in the top 20. But here we go. 16. Beyonce featuring Jay-Z, Crazy in Love. Really? The Beatles, I Want to Hold Your Hand. The Kinks, Waterloo Sunset. Rolling Stones, Give Me Shelter. That's a fucking fantastic song. Stevie Wonder, Superstition. Beach Boys, God Only Knows. Outcast, Hey Ya. Fleetwood Mac, Dreams. Uh, I wonder if that's because that dude on the skateboard with the cranberry juice. <laughs> now listen to this. The Missy Elliott, Get Your Freak On. Really? That's a top 10 greatest song of all time? Get your freak on? The Beatles, Strawberry Fields Forever, Marvin Gaye, What's Going On, Nirvana, Smell Team like Teen Spirit, Bob Dylan, Like a Rolling Stone, Sam Cooke, A Change Is Gonna Come. Listen to this. Public Enemy, Fight the Power. What? And Aretha Franklin, Respect. I don't know, dude. I mean, I might be out of line here, but do you think this is just pandering to the woke crowd? You know, am I wrong? It seems like they're going out of their way to really like, oh, let's let's uh, let's appease the, the the broads and the dark skinned folks. <laughs> I know how bad it sounds, but it's not, It's it's like a publicity stunt to me. That's fucking dumb. Now look, I know music is subjective. I get it, but there's no fucking way, Missy Elliott, get your freak on and Public Enemy Fight the Power Our top 10 greatest songs of all time. Get the fuck out of here. All right? That's all I got to say. That's all. And one more time. I fuck you. Fuck you. All right. All right, that's it. Show's over. Man, look at that. Another one in the books. You're welcome. Uh, I wanted to say one last name before the show's over, and uh, that's some sad news. I've been kind of bummed out all week. Uh, comedian Norm MacDonald passed away. Now, dude, I fucking love this guy. Um, I've been watching him since I was a young, a wee lad. Uh, I've seen Dirty Work a bunch of times. I used to love that movie. I still own it. I think I'm going to watch it later tonight. Um, fucking great comedian and super funny. I always liked listening to him on, on podcasts, and he's always very interesting. Just a hilarious guy. So when I heard he pass, I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Like, one of the greats. And I was just, uh, I was sad. And so I've been listening to shit with him all week. And the crazy thing is, well, lots of crazy things, but the first one is he was 61 and he was battling cancer the last uh, nine years. And I looked it up and I'm not sure if it's true because it's not all over the internet, but someone said it was leukemia, but he never told anybody. He didn't tell any of his friends. I guess most of his family didn't know, just kept it a secret. And I w- I've been listening to podcasts that he's been on. There's, there's a good one with uh, Mark Maron called What the Fuck, WTF. There's a good one with him on that. And the other good one, believe it or not, is uh, The Nerdist. That one gets even more in depth. And he actually says on The Nerdist, which happened in 2016, he mentions a guy that had cancer and never told anybody because uh, he didn't want to be a burden on his family and friends and have them think differently about him and he said yeah that's what i would do if i ever had an illness and he's like well you know you you might he's like who knows maybe i do and it's like and he goes but you know maybe i don't and he goes but that's what i would do if i if i was if i had an illness and this he he did have he fucking had cancer at the time he said it, it was in 2016 so he gave little hints if you listen back to the podcast he'll give a like little little things but it's really crazy hearing someone on a podcast after they've passed away. It's fucking bizarre. We've had people from this show pass away. And I listen back afterwards, and it's fucking nuts, like, knowing that they're gone. But here I am listening to their... That's them. They're alive. That's their spirit fucking captured in this audio forever. It's a really weird thing. But, uh, yeah, just hearing him say that, that's what he would do, and then he did it pretty uh pretty wild shit and he also had a stand-up special where he mentioned that he had an uncle that had cancer and uh he said you know hey you know, they say uh he uh, lost his f- battle with cancer <laughs> i'm gonna butcher this he's like he's like why is it a battle he goes you're not really doing anything you're sitting he's sitting on the bed watching matlock but anyway when it says uh, when, when he finally died it says oh he he lost his battle with cancer now look i'm no doctor but uh I'm pretty sure when you die, the cancer dies at the same time. That's not a loss. That's the draw. (laughs) So that's what I thought about uh, after I heard you pass. uh, uh, Fucking sad, dude. Like everyone, by all accounts, just a great dude. Hilarious guy. I mean, he was a unique voice and um, I love that dude. Uh, You know, I didn't know him, of course, obviously, but uh, it's just fucking sad when you love... When you love a musician or, or an actor or a, a comedian so much, when you love their work and then they're gone, it's like, ah. It's weird because you don't know them, but you feel like there's like a part of you is gone now. I don't know. It's just kind of bizarre. But anyway, so I'm going to close out the show today. I'm going to play a clip. Uh, he's had a lot of funny shit. A lot of funny shit, obviously. But I'm going to play just a little quick, uh, couple minute clip of one of his stand ups. And uh, I think it was on Letterman. And uh, just to kind of, I don't know, a little tribute or whatever. But. Hope you like it cause it's funny shit. And one more thing is Anthony Jesselnik had a tweet that he put out. He's like battling cancer for nine years without telling anyone is the most Norm McDonald shit ever. <laughs> the guy would just do like the opposite of what you would think he would do. It's like uh, there's a roast out there, too, where it's a Bob Saget roast where he goes up there and he people don't get it at the time. They're like, what the fuck is happening? But he's doing. He never liked roast and he loved Bob Saget and he didn't want to make him feel bad. So he kind of just uh, destroyed the whole roast formula by just telling like nice, stupid, old-timey jokes. (laughs) And like it sounds, it seems like he's bombing the whole time. But once he realized what he's doing, it's like, oh, this is fucking hilarious. So Norm, thank you for all the laughs. And I'm sure wherever you are, whoever's with you is laughing their ass off.
3: But I watch the TV, I watch the news, make you afraid, the news, you know? Put all these stories on Iraq, Iran, North Korea, you know, try to scare you, you know? But does it ever really scare you? Like, you ever wake up in the middle of the night, ah, North Korea! <laughs> that little tiny country across the ocean. <laughs> I wonder if they'll get me. <laughs> Didn't Nash settle that like 20 years ago? <laughs> Why'd they have to watch that That's a stupid show? There is one country that worries me, though. Not Iraq, not Iran, not North Korea. The only country that really worries me is uh, the country of Germany. I don't know if you guys are history buffs or not, but... Uh, <laughs> In the early uh, part of the previous century, Germany decided to go to war. And uh, who did they go to war with? The world. (laughs) That had never been tried before. And uh, so you figure that would take about five seconds for the world to win, but uh, no, it was actually close. About, then about 30 years pass, and uh, Germany decides again to go to war, and again it chooses as its enemy the world. <laughs> and this time they have that guy Schrankley, crankly that guy. And I'm not even going to dignify him by saying his name, but I think you know what I'm talking. <laughs> But you'd think at that point the world would go, listen, Germany, here's the deal, you don't gotta be a country no more on account of you keep attacking the world.